you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast has trouble with clock management. <laughs> From the Chris Wesley podcast oh, no. studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I have some heroes with me. Greg Rosenthal, Colleen Wolf. Mark Zessler has come down with a case of Geno-itis, so he won't be making it in this afternoon. But, Greg, I want to tell you something. Yes. Class act right here. I am. I'm magnanimous. I'm the Zeuser. You know, that's what Tugboat does. <laughs> and so humble. Um, You're into your fourth person right now. I am. I came, I have another name. <laughs> How many I'm walls have we broken? On the Power Rankings podcast, Colleen knows. Uh, I'm taking it from the New York Post, what they used to call Alec Baldwin, the bloviator. <laughs> the, the bloviator is going to say, good job, Greggy. Uh, you deserve the moment that you got on Monday with Geno Smith. And I know you talked about it at length. On the Monday Night Recap, I was told uh, by a sparrow it was 37 minutes long. Wow. But you know what? I mean, that's sparrow fine, could too. just be like, look at your phone. Yeah. The sparrow has genoitis. Um, Monday Night Football, we're cool. not just going to do recaps. We're going to uh, add a little extra. I love it. It was mostly Gino. I love it. You deserve that. You should have went six hours because God knows that's probably the last time you're going to have a moment like that. So enjoy it. <laughs> Wait, and, that doesn't feel magnanimous. Well, well, you know, I'm just also being real. Um, that that was a nice time for Gino. Maybe when he went four of eight for 47 yards with no points in the second half, mm. maybe that wasn't worth the celebration. But obviously, he played very well overall, and and that was a big payoff for you on the Gino coaster. Look at what you're trying to do here. They only had seven drives. They had multiple first downs on literally all of them until that last three and out, where they got a case of Pete Carolitis got a little too conservative at the end. The, the quote that also again. The bloviators being magnanimous uh-huh. here. Great co- quote by Gino at the end of the game when he was sp- speaking to ESPN. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. It's a good line. <laughs> that's right. It's a good line. And he said after in the press conference they asked about it, and he said that's off, that's off the dome right there. That's straight bars right there. And did you see he did, he the NFL? He was feeling Usually himself. Usually you don't. You don't. That, 
when you throw for 47 <laughs> yards and produce zero points in the second half of a game that you won by uh, a miracle what are you trying because to of a talk? meltdown by the coaching staff mm. and red zone offense of the opposing team, you usually don't speak like uh, Buster Douglas after knocking out Mike Tyson in Tokyo. But I also have to say that's part of the Geno experience. And again, this is not about me. It's about you and it's your It's not about me. Uh, it's nice to see him finally get an opportunity after eight years in the wilderness where no one gave him a shot. It's about me. <laughs> uh, I that, mean, was peak, it, that quote was peak Gino, though, when you look at the, the whole of the game. You have to admit, he could not get a point. And I'm talking now. about, like, right he should now. somehow be somehow less excited. <laughs> he's out, he's the, the banner on NFL's Twitter handle? Yes, yes that's and, amazing. and it said, says, left on red by Gino Smith. Oh, I mean, <laughs> because it wasn't just him, them winning the game. He played fantastic. Well, he sort of wrote me off. Yeah, say us. He he played uh, fantastic. You he was dealing. He was dealing. He was making good. De- but Very it was good also first the half. fact that Very good first it was half. the fact that the crowd is chanting his name. I mean, that was some Rudy. There are a couple right things there. going on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. One time they were chanting MVP. Wow. Yeah, there is. There's something cooking here. Okay. There's mul- multiple things. And again, this is again not to denigrate. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the Seahawks fans, obviously in their feelings about Russ leaving and playing in that game. So you're naturally going to gravitate towards the quarterback. The other part is what Greggy's been doing this summer, and I respect it. It's been fun. You've been kind of in a winking way getting all behind Geno. That's actually caught fire a little bit, mm. and people are kind of into the let's enjoy the Geno Smith experience as unexpected as it was. So you put it together, and you're getting a Geno Smith MVP chant, and uh, – I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's cool. It's, did you get chills at did any you point enjoy it? watching and I, hearing the, the Gino chants? I was doing the Channel 5 uh, in the UK coverage for the first time. It was the first game I got to do sitting next to Maurice Jones-Drew, and he could not have been more less an, more annoyed with me throughout the process. <laughs> like He thought it was like some sort of bit early. Yes, for, Justin. Who you guys That's root who for. I grew up for. Now I'm yeah. just a professional. I actually can, stop it. I root for all 31 teams that are equal, but then there's Geno Smith. That's like my one. Yeah, we need a good I, I almost got up and walked off this set. I don't wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. The second part of it is great, but can I hear the first part of that again? Wait, what was it? Who you guys That's root for? That's who I grew up for. Now I'm yeah. just a professional. I actually can, stop it. I root for all you, 31 teams that are right. equal. Did you? Act, did he call you out for being a Pats fan? And you yes. said, that's who I used to root for growing up, but now I'm professional? Ooh. It was a joke. What is I, you sit on a throne of lies. What is that about? Don't be that guy. That's Zeuser in the morning right there. How figuring can you that not out. understand that? that this entire thing is a joke when I said I'm a fan of one well, team no, and that's That Gino part Smith. was a joke. I think no, you're the trying. Whole, I the think whole you're, thing. Listen, I've been on this beat. You've been trying to recraft your narrative a little bit. No. No, we were. We, I, I admitted it. It's because I'm sitting next to, at that time, another uh, Pats fan in, in Kayla Burton. Uh, but you got to enjoy these moments. Absolutely. It, and that's why mm-hmm. I think like it was nice to see Gino enjoying the moment with the fist pumps and, and going crazy. And it was nice to see Pete Carroll you know, enjoying the moment. After the game, Pete Carroll said something that I thought was so telling. He said, tonight you saw our system. Our system <laughs> succeeded. Aww. And... Like that, that's like a little bit of a dig on Russell Wilson, certainly. It's a little bit of the reason why he likes Geno Smith. But it's also the reason why I think Geno's done really well in PFF grading over the last three years. And this mm. is getting a little wonky. But I think Geno <laughs> Smith right now 
is like a very much a do what the coaches ask him to do quarterback. Make the right reads, play very conservative for the most part, uh, do what he's told, hold the ball and take a sack if you're going to, and that's it. Like one, two, three, play smart, like don't make mistakes. That's sort of who he is at this moment in Pete Carroll. This is your moment. I'm not taking it away, but I could also say I've watched a lot of Geno Smith football. Enjoy. He was 23 this week. years old and 22 years old. Just enjoy this week because that version that you saw in the second half and his limited snaps, mm-hmm. admittedly, where he doesn't feel pressure, where he can't move the ball, can't move an offense. This is this is not they a had story. Seven that's drives end well. in the entire game, and they moved it more than 50 yards in more than half. And of by the way, what do you want? Last what? week when I said uh, my sandwich prop was that the Seahawks will have a top five pick, I was told by you, Greg, that it wasn't hanging onions at all. So now you're going the other way and well, saying I, that you're in. I I am in. I picked I picked them to go about nine and eight. You said that was a bad sandwich prop because it wasn't gutsy enough. Well, because in Vegas, I, I disagree with it, but in Vegas they have the second or third lowest number. So you're you're mm. with the commoners. <laughs> Greg, you should have your moment. I think you should it, bask listen, in it. Get let him. I mean, you let guys just enjoy. better be careful. I mean, Mark, we might not see Mark on Tuesdays because <laughs> yeah, this could be a weekly thing if they go eight, <laughs> nine, and eight. When and do they play? Seven. When do they play? What day next week? Is I it mean, a Sunday? Game? It's a Sunday game. That's true. Can you the, fill in on the flagship show this, in, in case <laughs> the Seahawks win again, Colleen? Potentially. I must check my schedule. It is very busy. I, I actually think this might be the last primetime game they gave the Seahawks because the Seahawks are supposed to be so terrible. That was that was it for Geno Smith in primetime, I believe. Um, so oh, yeah, they play the Niners. There'll be a lot of Sundays. Next week. When do they play the Niners? 1 o'clock, Sunday. And they got the Niners again in primetime. Mm-hmm. Or so 4 o'clock. Well, in week 15, so we got to pick a... We'll have to pick up that date potentially as well. Anyway, here we go. Good show today. You had your moment, and you deserved it, and you got it. And I just moved out of the way and gave it to you. Don't worry about four of eight for 47 yards in the first half. You, Second so you, half, you're don't not worry about out it. Of the way. It has nothing to do with that. That because that's not what it's about. It's all those checkdowns in the first I mean, half and a couple busted stewing. coverages. You and Mark were stewing at home. You could see you just tweeted out like I'm so out on the Broncos because they oh, let you down. So I bad. am out on the Broncos, mm-hmm. and it it well, it's sure I don't need Gino to have a moment like that. But again, I gave it to you. Um, you didn't give it to it's me. It's more the the crowd in Seattle gave it to me. Gino gave it to me. I wish I could have stepped up in such a big career moment like Gino did last night. I was a mess on that podcast the, afterwards. I didn't know what I was talking the Broncos, about. It was a no. Blinded mess. by Gino. You think you were a mess. The Broncos were a mess Oof. in week one. And I was mad. More than Gino, I projected them as a big-time team. I had them at number eight in the power ranks entering the season. And all that stuff feels naive after watching mm. how their game operation and red zone and forget about the midfield stuff. At oh, the end my of the God. Game. Um, very. I would be very nervous right now if I'm a Denver fan because that looked like a coach who was shook up and in the weeds in a big spot. Not a good way to start your career. Just a disaster at the end. Oof. Well, right. well, at least they didn't use those timeouts, you know. <laughs> It's like who still needs saving those? them for later. That the one t- and we got to move on because again, check out the Monday night recap with Greg and Steven Ruiz. Um, but everyone, there was a hot take like, oh my god, I can't believe Nathaniel Hackett chose a 64-yard field goal over his new quarterback that just signed a huge deal. Nah, bro, that's not what happened. The guy was shook. He was got caught up in the moment and kind of blew the time, and he didn't. And Wilson didn't help him either. So I don't think he chose a 64-yard field goal. I think he got caught up in the moment and got a little lost with the clock, and then that's the only thing that was left mm-hmm. to present itself. 
And he was also saying that he didn't really like trust his offense, essentially, because of all of the issues that they had in the red zone. Russ saying after the game, oh. I believe in everything, too, was just funny. I believe in everything. Didn't he almost say go coach. Hawks at the end? I believe in the decision. <laughs> I believe in everything. And I actually kind of believe that Russell Wilson literally believes Also, in he was like in a tuxedo almost, and I felt really, really <laughs> terrible for him in that moment. Coming up on today's show, yes, that was the final game of week one. We will kind of put a bow on week one while looking forward to what's to come with a new segment we call, and in, in, for love of our UK and surrounding territory listeners, Color me intrigued. Color with an O-U-R. Yep. There we go. That's a little shout out. You know, we, we took down some of the prices of the tickets for the London show. And oh, I heard. It's it, it, Because we are, we love our friends in London. We'll be there in what, a week and a half, Greggy? That's crazy. Is that true? Yeah, two and a half weeks. Wait, two and really? Half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Truth. Yeah, I'm like also so excited to go. I can't wait to go to London. We're going to get um, to that. It's maybe, not too late. Maybe next year. Oh. You don't make us sad. <laughs> you know we That's would love you there. Really high. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> All right, before that was, that was a drop. That was a drop. Before we get to color me. When did I even say that? And a Thursday night football preview, maybe the best Thursday night of the ga- uh, game of the year. Although I haven't looked at the next schedule, but so far I think it That's is. It's really good. Chargers at Chiefs in Arrowhead. Let's get caught up on some news. We got three timeouts. See, I might use one right here. E. Let's use one. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. They're gonna try to draw. They can try to draw them off sides. Might try to draw them off sides. E. You don't have that much time. Well, you don't want to waste that much time. I don't think. Yeah, I think. I I wish you could see Peyton Manning just calling timeout the entire. Oh. Yes, that's from the Manning cast at the uh, moment where the Broncos uh, let it all fall apart at midfield. Yeah, they. That was great theater there. I only saw it this morning. Um, but, yeah, Manning almost reaching through the camera, trying to implore and help Nathaniel Hackett. And let's face it, Russell Wilson, too. Somebody's got to sense the moment. I will. I got to say this, Connie and Greggy. I have as a fan, I love the Manning cast, but I feel like ESPN kind of galaxy brain this one. Yeah. And now you have Aikman and Buck. And I know we've talked about this, but now it actually happened. Aikman and Buck are tremendous, uh, arguably the best. And it's not so easy to switch away from them because they are the definition to me of a big game crew that I want to be calling a a big game. It kind of puts you in a tough situation there as a fan. I didn't like to be in that situation. It it was much easier last year to pick the Manning cast and enjoy it. But then I Leave it at that. You could... Piece that together. No matter what I was doing, I felt like I was missing out on something. So I had FOMO if I was on the Manning cast. I had FOMO if I was listening Mm -hmm. to Troy and Joe. Like I didn't know what to do, and then I ended up like just missing parts of the game because I kept switching back and forth. Like you know, it's not a great depend on the quality of the game. That was a that was a great game. You have to admit, very energy. It felt like almost like a a, as great a a big as energy as a week one game could be. That's a Troy and a Joe game. If we get like a week nine kind of stinker, yeah. uh, then you maybe sw- switch over to the Manning cast. Did, did Pete really say that was a victory for our system? He said, he, oh. he said our, yeah, he said he got two. He, they recovered two fumbles at the one yard line. Yeah. That's, that's how the system works. He, he might even <laughs> say, Punch I, outs. I would guess he was talking about the offense. I don't know. Uh, but they very much are a bend, but don't break uh, defense that, that tries mm. to force field goals. 
not touchdowns, and make big plays and win the turnover. I don't battle. like to play this game, but that is what they're about. I don't like to play this Jeez. game. <laughs> I don't, oh my I don't, God, Greg! <laughs> you know, this is his day. Yeah, I don't like to play this game, but if they these two teams play ten times, the Broncos win that eight times, right? They have Every, to. You, you're doing the eight, right? The least amount of um, allowing this to be the day. You're just making excuses. <laughs> yeah, but listen, you got 38 minutes on Monday night. I, somebody's got to come and push back. I I said Mark couldn't. Mark couldn't get out of bed. I, said, I have to do it. Where's Mark? I, I said like 20 minutes into that, as I'm just like searching somewhere for a coherent point and my brain is completely mush. I did say to Steven, I am laughing sometimes when you're talking, Steven, because this will this is absolutely the most indulgent thing I've ever done uh, as a member of the NFL. <laughs> media. Like, I know it. This is like where it all starts going downhill. I'm, I'm like, I'm jumping the shark. Greg, an right excellent now. point by you and a great article on the site. <laughs> this is a good app for the bot. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Let's get you caught up with some injury stuff going on. We'll start in Dallas where Dak Prescott. All right. We know what happened. Late in that disaster opener um, against the Bucks, Prescott hit his hand, collided with Shaq Barrett, s- uh, sustained a fractured thumb. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said on Tuesday that they will not place Dak on injured reserve, and he has the possibility to return from this broken thumb within four weeks. And that's a different timeline, Condi, than the six- to eight-week window we had heard uh, from people that cover the team. Um, but he underwent surgery on the thumb, and they think he'll be back in a month. Let's see. They're going to need him because I think they're going to be lost without him. Right. So if he is back in a month, which I I think I heard someone say, I don't know if it was on our network or what, but someone said that Dak is known as a great healer, which I didn't realize that that was something that you could be really good at. Like you could be better at healing. We heard that about Russell Wilson last people. year. And exactly. Yeah. I remember Similarly, he missed a great healer. Games. And then yeah. didn't play well yeah. when he returned. So now that was for mallet finger. Uh, that's what Russell Wilson had. That's a little bit different. I also have experience with mallet finger what after Kurt Warner. Uh, broke my finger. Um, so it's all about the tendons. You Do you want to clarify how he broke your finger? Because uh, that could be taken different ways that people don't know the background. Right. So at training camp, Kurt Warner threw me a pass broke on, a, yeah, yeah. on a post route. Right. And, you know, I caught it, um, broke my finger, kept my nails. None it was of my nails like, broke. He didn't like hand, how you did a transition or hands something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was a beautiful catch. <laughs> yeah. I pointed the ball. It was great. Anyway, um, Dak is obviously that's a little different with the thumb and the ligament there. But if he only does miss four games, this is important because when you look at the schedule, they have the Bengals this week, then the Giants, then the Commanders, and then the Rams. But if he only missed those four, he would be back in time for the Eagles on October 16th. But still, this is like three games, three division games that are right there. And obviously all every other team in the division aside from the Cowboys won week one. So mm. things are already a little dicey for the Cowboys. So this they definitely got one need and back. four written all over it to me. And then you bring back a quarterback who's likely will be far less than one hundred percent without a lot of practice reps. And then you get the Eagles, um, who by the way are in the driver's seat, Connie. We talked about it on the power ranking show today, which Shh. check out um, even more so, they are in the driver's seat now in the NFC East. Greg, it, it, let's hope Dak comes back and balls out because I've always said that I like when the Cowboys are interesting. It makes the league more fun. But this starts to get the whiff of one of those Cowboys seasons, and you know what I'm talking about. Right. The Like the season last time Dak was hurt, the initial prognosis from our guy Ian Rappaport 
was week eight and week or week ten, mm-hmm. and that was after the surgery. You know, I don't I don't want to source guess here. All I'm just saying is I think that information comes from good places, um, kind of like a reasonable medical outline. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's like Dak Prescott. Who knows if he goes to Jerry and be like, I can get back. You know, we, you know, it's like or Jerry goes to him. Right. It's and like Jerry, you will be back right. for the Eagles game. Jerry has been a very unreliable narrator when it comes to his own players in basically every way, but especially with injury timelines. And I think it should be pointed out. It got a little lost uh, in that game that that was the worst game I've ever seen Dak Prescott. He was, he was so bad before he got hurt. So it's like. Okay, Dak Prescott's going to return. I'm not expecting that Dak Prescott would struggle that much all year, but some of the factors that contributed to him struggling and the fact that in the second half of last season, I would say, was the worst I've ever seen Dak Prescott play in his his entire career reminds me a little bit of how I was talking about Russell Wilson coming into last year because he struggled down the stretch the year before. I wanted to see, like, okay, is is Dak going to be back to normal this year? Because he really wasn't Dak. And then you start out that way. You have the injury. I mean, all these games are going to be tough to win. Sure, it could be one and four, but it could easily be zero oh and six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the season could just and their left guard is going to miss some time too, two to four weeks. So that offensive line was already shaky, and now maybe more so. And defense looks good. The last time Ducks uh, Dak sustained a serious injury, you at least had Andy B- Dalton there, who's a very good backup quarterback. Cooper Rush, yeah, it's it's a tough situation for the Cowboys. Cooper Rush has so little respect league wide and somewhat from the Cowboys, that he was literally cut a week ago so that the Cowboys could carry only one quarterback on their roster, put him on the practice squad. They knew no one was going to sign him. It's hard and they to... were just like, okay, can you do this for us? Can you hook us up, Cooper? It's just hard to believe, one last thing real quick, that this was the number one scoring offense last year like in, in the quickly. Super Bowl era. Spend that cap space. Go get, go get Jimmy. Just do it. In other rosy injury return projection news, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reports that T.J. Watt, the reigning defensive player of the year, is believed to not require surgery on that torn pec and could return before the end of October. Um, Greg, and for the power rankings this week, the Steelers are very difficult for me to figure out where to slot them because that was a big division win, but the offense was underwhelming. And then if you take out Watt for any amount of times, you kind of see the Steelers as a middle-of-the-pack team. This at least gives you hope that he could come back and anchor that defense because he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. Mm. That was spoon that stirs the drink, so that was the hesitation, but it is indeed straw. Mm-hmm. Unlike the straw that broke the camel's back. Different <laughs> straw, different type, different thing altogether. Spoons it's could do sad. it too, I guess. Yeah. It's sad because he's in the middle of a run like his brother used to have. Uh, the, the three defensive players. Oh, don't players. put that on him. Oof. I'm just saying that the three defensive players yes. of the year in a row, I would say this. He could TJ Watt could have been defensive player of the year in any of the last three years. He did win it one time. And uh, it's sad to see they're not totally done, but I thought they were a little thin in terms of their pass rush, uh, their edge pass rush, even with him there. I mean, they've got maybe the best pass rusher in the league, but after that, Alex Highsmith, okay. They didn't feel that good about their edge rush, so they actually sent some draft picks uh, to Denver. Uh, and picked up someone there, mm-hmm. like that they're gonna feel. Jameer Jones. Jameer Jones is not who I'm thinking of. I don't know why I'm blanking. Oh, Malik it. Reed. Malik, Malik Reed, Reed. Who I always liked in Denver, and now they're happy they made that trade. But the reason they made that trade is because they didn't feel good about the position, uh, and so that's definitely something you think of when you think of the Steelers, and they're not gonna have in the next few weeks. Uh, let's go through the remaining kind of big injuries hanging out there before we uh, get to our. 
final thoughts on week one. Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the Niners. A lot of people thought a big year could be coming from him, but now a big roadblock. He'll miss uh, up to eight weeks, uh, according to... Uh, to sources, uh, he has a sprained MCL. Mac Jones, better news, he had the x-rays on the back after the loss to the Dolphins. It's believed to be back spasms, and there's a thought that he could play against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 2 without T.J. Watt, so that at least gives him a chance, you would think. And finally, not so good news on Jamal Adams, who's dealt with injuries the last couple of years, really since coming over from the Jets to Seattle in that blockbuster trade. Early in Monday night's game, he suffered a tendon injury connected to his knee. It's believed, according to Mike Garofolo uh, of NFL Network, to be a serious issue that will require surgery and likely end his year. It's a bummer. I know Jets fans have star cro- or have feelings, mixed feelings about Jamal Adams, but nobody wanted to see his career get sidetracked by injuries, so this sucks. Yeah, it's I mean, 2021, he was out with the, the shoulder surgery. Uh, lat, in 2020, he missed time with the groin injury. I mean, it's just like... Finger issue, which is yeah. a serious issue for him. And he's so good when he's healthy, but now it's been kind of an issue just keeping him on the field. He was active in that game, too. It was kind of a classic Jamal Adams mm-hmm. game where uh, a ball went off his helmet, which I feel like has happened to... Many times. A decent amount. And like Russell Wilson could have had a couple picks in that game. That was one of them. And th- their defense, to me, was totally built around him and Quandry Diggs because you have all these second-year cornerbacks and rookie cornerbacks around them that look a little shaky, but you're using your two safeties in such a mature sort of versatile way, and now you don't have it. That's a problem. And I think Elijah Mitchell is a pretty big problem, too. They're going to ask Debo. Debo is their leading rusher. Get Like Debo and Trey Lance. He's going to get all that contract. The slack, yep. They have these different stipulations, these mm. clauses. Um, also, Trey Lance is going to do a lot of running. Grab Jeff Wilson in your fantasy leagues. Wait, well, I didn't, I'm sorry. Did you who, guys hear, what's – what? Do we have a problem? Oh, Justin, our producer. <laughs> did you say something? Oh, I was just saying you might want to grab Jeff Wilson in oh. your fantasy leagues. Yes, go ahead and do that. Uh, let's take a break, <laughs> and then we will talk about what has us color. Oh, you are intrigued. We're colored. We're colored. <laughs> you're, 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 you'll get there. Color you'll get me there. intrigued. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you ever do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. 
His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, we're back. Let's get into it. By the way, I mentioned it off the top of the show, around the NFL from London. Colleen's going to be there next year. Totally. But this year you're going to have me and Greg and probably Mark. And it's going to be a great show. Go to Ticketmaster, around the NFL podcast. Join us. From London, it's going to be a lot. Greg's already coming up with ideas. We're I'm sending a cutout of myself. You guys can just put it in a chair. Maybe people can sign it. Leave me some notes so I can feel like I'm part of it. I don't. I want not the five foot one Connie cutout though. Uh-huh. I want a seven foot three Colleen cutout <laughs> on the stage. And I want it placed directly behind you, so it's yeah. just looking over your shoulder. It's like when Sean Payton got suspended and he had the giant "Do Your Job" sign at Saints headquarters. How about a Connie "Do Your Job" sign on the stage? I love that. Actually, yeah. let's make that happen justin graver let's talk about that okay okay <laughs> that will get me through this color me we'll intrigued with, with your uh, little thing that's great you. Yeah, here we like are you. color me intrigued week one is in the books who are the player i mean it could be anything i went with three players okay, okay. You, you take it wherever you want mm-hmm. what has you intrigued greggy get us going mm. I mean, I'm I'm coloring outside the lines here. Then I Ooh, guess. I was going bad boy. A, a He's the bad boy year. of NFL media. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm Bob Ross in it up here. I'm painting pretty f- pictures. Right. Bob Ross was not a bad pretty boy. Pretty little trees. He, wh- was, was he? he I mean, he, he was not a. He was not a. He was not a bad boy. I'm I'm coloring in a, a little Chargers defense that I witnessed on uh, mm. Sunday. Okay. And really Monday when I when I rewatched this and. I think the Chargers defense has been something that's been more in my mind than in mm-hmm. reality uh, <laughs> since Brandon Staley uh, got there. But when you think about the plays that some of the linebackers were making, Drew Tranquil, who our good friend Matt Money Smith uh, really pushed hard for me to go as the making the leap guy, getting deep in his coverage and mm-hmm. making that interception. Asante Samuel Jr. with one of the best interceptions that will be made in the NFL all year on a guy he wasn't even covered. Like he saw his buddy was, you know, in trouble covering Devontae Adams down the season. He says, I'm just going to go help my buddy. That's a play that his father would have made. And then the way that they were using Derwin. Proud of me now, Dad. Even without J.C. Jackson in the lineup, I think uh, they felt comfortable using Derwin James in such a creative way all over the field. I know they've done that before, but, man, he was really great as a pass rusher in that game. And then finally, Khalil Mack. Like, that was the best Khalil Mack game. He seems to have it whenever he plays Derek Carr, his old friend, for whatever That's reason. so true. So I hope it lasts, uh, you know, going into this week. But I really was amazed by, like, all the defensive pieces. If they're that good, they are right there with yeah. any Super Bowl contender. Great performance. Really uh, clamped down in, in the big spots in, in the second half. I do want to see it against the non-Derek Carr team, and let's not dump it on Derek Carr. But Joey Bosa has been on the record in the past. 
uh, saying that we know how to get to the Raiders' offense, and that's by shaking up the quarterback and the six sacks. Absolutely did that. How does it happen when not not Derek Carr, but Patrick Mahomes or another great quarterback or better quarterbacks in the mix? I guess I'm, the Chargers, and I like the Chargers a lot too, but it's I need to see him put it together. Some real players, though, and you know where they struggled so much throughout last year was their run defense. Mm-hmm. And I know it was the Raiders, but they Yeah, that's stopped. another thing. They, but, but how many games last season was there a first half where teams ran like seven times for 14 yards? Um, it was a, a around that in this first half of this game. And it was the players that they signed, mm-hmm. Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, who were – doing the playmaking, especially Johnson had a nice game. I want to believe that the Raiders are good, though. I want to believe the whole narrative that that entire division is just as good as maybe we thought. We've only seen one game from it, but I, I would love to to think that Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are going to combine for a massive season together. Why wouldn't they? Right? As long as they're like, healthy, they will. And it's like the rest of everything. I think they have a little more elsewhere than people realize. You know, too. I agree with you. Tranquil and Nasir Adderley and all these other secondary players. Color me intrigued. Did you mention J.C. Jackson hasn't played yet? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's a even, big piece. Even without him, yeah. Um, and if he returns maybe as soon as Thursday, that would be incredible to see him. I'm with you. Color me intrigued. Not color me convinced but mm-hmm. i like That's it sort of intrigued this is about yeah intrigued. yeah I like how about that. you connie okay hold on give me the crayons markers what okay. are we working with here what do you mm-hmm. sounds it, like a colored yeah, pencil you, yeah um you, you know art as like yeah a oh, i was supposed i was supposed to be an art teacher and then this happened very <laughs> like total left turn um <laughs> You could do so, both. So yeah, I am. If I'm you really coloring. love the kids, you'll do both. That's exactly right. I would have been. I don't. I'm terrible with children. This would have been an awful career. Oh, I feel path. like you would have been a really uh, one of those art teachers that gets increasingly weird as their <laughs> teaching career goes on. Like when they're well, young. Well, I'm like, doing that without the art teacher part. Right. When they're like a 24 year old new teacher, they're very quiet and and sweet. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they're 47 and tenured, they're crazy yeah i have yes. like a zillion cardigans with like all sorts of like <laughs> stickers and like pins all right. over them and wild glasses Just like a vacant smile at all times she's <laughs> like what is going on behind those eyes the wild eyes <laughs> oh, we're getting there okay. anyway i'm coloring some sunshine some smiling faces this is great there's some rainbows i love <laughs> a good first impression And that is exactly what A.J. Brown gave Eagles fans in his first game. Already setting franchise records, Mm. had the most receiving yards in a player's first game with Philadelphia, 10 for 155. He even said it's kind of overwhelming at this point to already set a club (laughs) record. It's pretty crazy. They haven't had a dominant number one wide receiver like this have that output in so long. The Eagles offense put up 30-plus points, one of four – teams to do it week one now I'm also intrigued with this offense in general because Devontae Smith was so quiet he was only targeted four times he was held without a catch for the first time in his career so you got to get him the ball even Nick Sirianni talked about that after the fact because Mm -hmm. otherwise they're way too one-dimensional but AJ Brown is it too soon to retire his number well yes but also (laughs) You're right. There has not been. I was just thinking about it. I just it. looked at Graver. That was mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's too soon. Hey. It's too soon for Justin. Um, you, you have to go back to Terrell Owens. That's the last time they had like a – I know just peak Deshaun Jackson was special, but mm-hmm. he wasn't the same guy. I thought when I was watching the game yesterday, it was incredible 
watching him dig out a ball, a low throw from Jalen Hurts, yeah. and you know his ability to gain separation and make contested catches. He's going to make Jalen Hurts so much better. Right. It's the same thing he did with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is great, but Ryan Tannehill without A.J. Brown is not as great just because a lot of those catches that he makes, like uh, Westbrook Aquina is not going to make. It's simple. The way that the light is shining down on Graver's face right yeah. now in the control room, I'm just, I'm so sorry. The good, well, the good news for uh, Justin is that new number one wide receiver in Tennessee is yeah. Robert Woods. And that, you know, that one catch he did make in week one was pretty encouraging. Really I'm not nice worried hands. about Devontae yeah. Smith at all, by the way, either. He yeah. had a, he actually had a kind of a bad game, a couple of those target you know he, he did have a drop and the other one was a little sloppy but like I, he's such a good player it's like this happens in a 17 he's just game never been season. out of the mix like that before right it, i'm just saying i think it, it happens and they'll make sure and i think they'll be very conscious of mm-hmm. it to not let it happen again let me throw out another veteran receiver that has a track record of excellence julio jones Ooh, color yeah, me you, intrigued do you want the markers i yes i will take no i will take the um well, those are the really messy ones you would get in art class. It was like almost like acrylic. Oh, paint? No, it was. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. I'll get back to you. On okay. That. Um, <laughs> but I heard and read, and we talked about it occasionally on the show. I think Greg, you were talking about it as well. Julio Jones looks good. He looks fast. He's running a you know three seven forty. He's going to be the Julio Jones that you remember in two thousand sixteen. Like all that stuff. And I was like, all right, that's all cool. Um, but I don't care about any of that. I want to see what it looks like in live game action with first team defenses against him and the lights on. And he looked like Julio Jones against the Cowboys. Now, here is the disclaimer that the problem with Julio Jones, I don't think even in his doomed one year. Where was he last year? Oh, Graver. Piling on this week. I'm sorry, Justin. Well, it's not like they gave up um, draft picks for him or anything. <laughs> like he was never right physically, and that is a will continue to be a concern because there's going to be a idea now that you saw him great on Sunday Night Football in Week One. He'd be like, "That's who he is now. He's back, and that's what he's gonna you're gonna get for four months, and he's gonna have 1,400 yards receiving." I'm not going that far, but I'm intrigued that he really did look like Julio Jones. That deep ball where he gained separation, that oh. he has incredible hands, always has. And in general, you look at who his quarterback is, you look at um, Chris Godwin's injury um, and how that's going to clear up more targets for him to find a role in this offense immediately. He only had three catches for 69 yards in the game, but he really did flash to me in week one as a guy that will be an impact player if his lower body holds up. He looked like his younger self. Like I, I caught myself wondering how old he was, and I do this every single year. I'm like, but he's only 33, and I know that that's old in football years. But Especially it seems a like wide he's receiver. That's pretty old. It seems but, like yeah. he's 43. It seems like he has been in the league for because so long. Because he's been on the injury report for four years. But he looked in that moment on this team with Tom Brady. He looked different. And I'm just wondering how long that will last. How right. long we'll see that. Sometimes I think usage tells you a lot. The fact that they ran him twice tells me a lot. That, They're easing him in. No, no, no. That they, they, they gave him two carries. I mean, how many mm-hmm. times in the last few years has the coach thought he's explosive enough to run him? And he got 17 yards on those two carries. Like, I think you can just tell I test – I, and I was talking about that from the practice footage they were showing. Just he is moving with a little more explosion than he has in the past. And I think he's someone that reputation-wise has gotten by um, without a lot of practice time. 
that he didn't necessarily need it without necessarily being the guy that put, he's talked about it, that put in a ton of work in the off season and everything to like keep his body right, all that stuff. M- maybe he came into the season with like a, a little bit different attitude. And I think one of the reasons he's been so good is that he understands the game better um, than 98% of the receivers out there. And to play with a guy like Tom Brady, like when he was playing with Matt Ryan, who's also on like another level, I think that's just going to help him a lot. And you know, kind of the, the bit that, Anger some people in the analytics community uh, that listen. Oh, he's really fast. How fast does he move? What did it say? What, what did it say? The next gen stats: twenty-one miles per hour. That's <laughs> that's what all fast guys run. Twenty-one <laughs> miles per hour. Guess what? On that forty-eight yard bomb Wait, that he, he, really? he brought in twenty point six two miles per hour. Round so he, it up. He really is. We won't round this one up. We'll keep that one there because that shows. Yeah, it's not just talk. It's not just beat reporters that are seeing this elite athlete and wanting it to be something else. He really does have the legs right now of 27-year-old Julio Jones. Will it stay that way, Connie? Next-gen stats, Julio Jones records two of his top three speeds since 2020 in week one. There you one. go. So he's obviously feeling good. Let's hope it stays that way. Okay, one more round, and then we'll do a, like a quickie. Okay. Uh, let's go to uh, Atlanta, where um, – A-Town. You know, I I gave Mark too much grief about being so high on the Falcons when they lost that game anyways. There was a lot to be excited about. I think primarily their rookie receiver, Drake London, who was out of action for most of the preseason and training Mm -hmm. camp. And I just thought you can kind of tell right away that him on those in-breaking routes was great. Mm -hmm. Um, For such a big guy to move like he... Does I think there was concerns that he wouldn't be able to get open at the NFL level, and he just looks really smooth. And I think when when you combine that sort of suddenness that that he has more than I really expected in terms of getting open, you see him doing it against good cornerbacks in Atlanta and really making himself available for Marcus Mariota. You suddenly combine that with Mariota and Corderell Patterson, I know. who to me are even though Mariano's not a perfect quarterback, can do a lot of different things, and they were leaning into him as an option quarterback and a running quarterback, which they didn't do enough of in Tennessee, and then Kyle Pitts. It's a lot for Arthur Smith to play with. I think uh, the Falcons' offense— Moratorium on bringing up Tennessee's shortcomings. Color me intrigued. (laughs) That's a great one. Um, um, Where did uh, Arthur Smith, where did he come from? Oh, no, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) You know what, though? I think the NFL's caught up to Marcus Mariota's skill set. I don't think the NFL was really— running offenses in a way that could take advantage enough of what he could do well. They weren't early ready for him. I also think or he looks bigger and stronger. He does look a little bigger. Or the Titans, because when Mike Malarkey was a head coach in Tennessee, Marcus ran a lot, and then he got hurt a lot. And then Mike Vrabel took over and said, we need a starting quarterback to stay healthy. I am really worried. Mariota's not even like sliding or getting out of bounds. He's like no. running into contact. He seems yeah. to be That's running better than, than he's ever run. I, I think he just looks really strong and athletic. Uh, but either way, at- it's a lot to play with. And I think London is weirdly the key piece, I think, here. Because I, I think if you have a real one to build everything else off of, that really makes the rest of it more easy. Every time you say London, I am triggered. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, can we? <laughs> 2023, we got you there. Uh, yeah, Mar- Mariota does look like a beefy, thick boy right now. 
I think he. Oh. I hope he could absorb the punishment. Um, <laughs> Wait, I think a lot of people. He's definitely at the weight room. Looks he does, but he looks uh, fast too. No, he looks faster. To my takeaways, and I thought this could be possible. And we talked about it, like why should told us entering the season that maybe he was in a position to do surprise some people because he was just kind of in the shadows here. Um, Cordero Patterson, the fact that he looks exactly like the guy that you know really did things that offense last year. What you said with London, Kyle Pitts was quiet in week one, but there are things here. Now, just the, I'm intrigued as well, Greg. A little cold water. Mario also blew that game. And it, with the fumble inside the 10 when they were about to go up 30 to 10, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And then on third and short at midfield, you just need a first down, and he fumbles the snap again and blows up that play. This is about London. It's about Drake London, and it's about my enjoyment on okay. Sundays. And this was something well, you kept... I'm looking at this uh, lower third bar, and it I... says the Falcons' offense might be watchable. I am just saying they are going to be watchable. This was okay. something we went back and forth actually last year. I kept saying, you know what? On the right week, the Falcons' offense is no, kind of watchable. No, that was wrong. And, but here's why, though, because Arthur Smith, I think, was in his bag and kind of making it happen, and now he's in it, and he's got a few more pieces that make sense. But you, sense. Can't, you can't retroactively get that take and say that was right last year, too. That was where I was coming from, though, that it was yeah. the beginning of something. It was Patterson, it was Pitts, and it was Arthur Smith, and now you had a couple Listen, more Listen, we can pieces. write their obituary at this point. We can write them off. <laughs> I saw that. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Various again. We'll get back to work. He, he is fired up, and I love it. Uh, I, all I can, If they could go three and four if they're fun to watch, that's all I care about. This, For this me, is, this is way better than the Gino uh, quote to me. You buried us in May. <laughs> Bury us again. We don't care. We'll get back to work. Arthur Smith. So good. You uh, don't. Artie Smith is not a guy that strikes you as a guy that's going to drop a hammer quote like that. Mm-mm. And I'll give him a little pop for that. Yeah, that's why it was impressive. Loved it. All right, another one. Connie. That was the Colleen bot. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, give me my crayons and give me the purple one specifically. I have old to... wacky Miss Wolf Hold up to her old tricks. I gotta sharpen this for a second. Jeez, there we when go. When is she gonna okay. retire? <laughs> Never. She's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we Dan, we talked about this a little bit on the Power Rankings yes. podcast, which by the way will be in the ATN feed this week and this oh. week alone. If you want to listen or just check it out see if you like it or not and then if you do like it it will be living on its own on the nfl power rankings feed wherever mm-hmm. you get your podcast and you can watch it as well absolutely uh, all sorts of it. things you can interact NFL with fast it. <laughs> the, i mean yes, if you've the got the nfl channel, channel youtube stream stream streaming anyway. forget it we're there like so much so we talked a little bit about this earlier on the power rankings pod but color me intrigued the vikings oh saucy. i am so intrigued by the Vikings. Now, I talked, I think on this pod last week, about my love for the Colts. And this is sort of my NFC version of that. Okay. That I have such hard eyes for the Vikings. And all have? of hard eyes. Like Never the heard that hard before. eye emoji? Yeah. Oh, they said hard eyes. I did too. It wasn't that. <laughs> I need to enunciate more. Wasn't that hard more. to tea? Yeah. Um, heart, like heart I eyes. Issue. Um, I got like hard eyes. <laughs> I got hard I eyes. Everybody. That made sense too to me. But go on. <laughs> All right. So my hard eyes saw <laughs> Kevin O'Connell, who in his head coaching debut called a great game. It was so balanced, and that was one of the knocks on this team. Twenty-eight runs, thirty-two passes, um, plus that sack. But still, it was a clean game. No turnover for the offense, even when you look at Kirk Cousins, 8.2 yards per attempt mm. next to Aaron Rodgers' 5.3. Oh, I, I just think that stick it to him. this team 
the fact that they have Justin Jefferson and the way that he is playing right now, they can. I'm I'm buying all She's of it. Buying. I'm buying She's everything the that they're eyes. selling. I I absolutely love it. I love Zadarius Smith with Daniel Hunter on this team. I think that Zadarius had the he could not wait for this week one to play the Packers and the two yes. of them together. That defense. Nobody making eye contact with him because he had a back injury in the hallway. <laughs> Take Listen. this. It's... Look at me in the eyes, Rogers. <laughs> look at look at my marble countertop eyes. He had hard eyes. Hard. <laughs> anyway, that defense was absolutely abysmal last Great year, call. and it looks good now. This uh, the craziest stat of Week One I stumbled into on Twitter this morning was Mac Jones, who just finished his rookie year, one game into his second season, has had four games in his career where his defense gave up seven or less points. Kirk Cousins has been in the league since 2012, and Sunday was the second game that ever happened to him. That's mm. crazy. So you don't really realize it because there's so much criticism. He's such a lightning rod that whenever things go wrong for a Kirk Cousins team, it's like, oh, it's Kirk Cousins, it's, Kirk. Or it's the yeah. offense, or it's the coach, or it's their relationship. But maybe he's never really been with a, a, a good defense. Now, is it too soon to say the Vikings have a good defense? Yes, it is. But at the same time, that was a great way uh, to start their season. They are definitely frisky, mm -hmm. at the very least. Love. O'Connell, I think, used Justin Jefferson in a way that reminded me of how Matt LaFleur used Devontae Adams last year. Mm. And it you can still have the same player. And even though Jefferson was active last year, he wasn't maximized as much. LaFleur's genius, if you want to call it that, like more than anything, was he spent like all week just trying to scheme up new ways to get the right matchups for Devontae Adams. Like that mm -hmm. was his focus every week because he knew that's his best player. That's where the defense is going to focus. And it seems to me that that's what O'Connell is doing, putting him in ways that they couldn't match up Jair Alexander, putting him in ways that you're going to get him open and that the whole offense is about O'Connell thinking like, how can I just get Jefferson off because there's kind of no answer for him when he's in the right matchup. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson, after one of his many big plays in that game, told the media afterwards, like, once he was running and caught the ball, he looked around. There was nobody around me. Oh, my God. And uh, so there was a masterful scheme of they play the Eagles. a brilliant player. <sighs> and by the Good way, game. Good ooh, game. that's fun. That's a fun game. An Eagles team that gave up 35 against the Detroit Lions. So. And didn't draft Justin Jefferson. So, uh, well, you got to now you got A.J. Brown. Right. You you can Jalen Rager and move on. returns to Philadelphia as a Viking. <laughs> right. Listen, I could have had Patrick Mahomes, but I got Christian Hackenberg. Like we could all go oh back and talk about what we have and don't have. <laughs> right. All right. One more for Zeuser. Color me intrigue. Old wacky Miss Wolf down in classroom six B. I was That's terrible right. at art. This is triggering for me. I was like you know, the worst kid in the class and just wanted to, like, move on do from ink. when it was required. Cut paper is another good medium. Um, shh, come with me. I want to take you mm. behind the velvet ropes. Come here. Shh, come on. Look at that. Look at that little baby. Is Eight that pounds, Jesus? seven ounces. Oh, I thought this was the kicker club. Eight pounds, seven ounces. Innocent, filled with life and joy. Just a little baby. Tiny little baby. A rookie in life. Look how sweet he is. But, no. Hmm. That looks like a strong leg he's got. I wonder if he could... I wonder if he could do something. 
What if Cade York, <laughs> the little baby boy at LSU, <laughs> can do something in our league? Welcome. Come on down, kid. I don't know if you're old enough to drink, but you're coming to the Kickers Club. Out of the nursery, to the back, behind the velvet ropes, into that special room. Bottle service. Bottle service for the baby. Love it. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Wolf. 6B. How inc- – and I know – Whatever, the Browns. YouTuber, fast listeners, uh, you got to check us out on video here because it is blowing up in the club. The lights are flashing. The club is going off. The Cleveland Browns identified they needed to find a kicker they could trust. Mm -hmm. So they used the fourth-round pick on Cade York. And, again, I don't know why more teams don't do this. Evan McPherson was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, and they don't get to the Super Bowl without him. The Browns now used a premium draft pick, a mid-round draft pick, uh, on a kicker who all he did in his first game ever was go four for four, two two of two on extra points, and a 58-yarder at the gun to beat Baker Mayfield. That's unbelievable. Color me intrigued Mm. on not just Cade York having a cannon for a right leg, but also on the league finally catching on that don't be just because Roberto Aguayo That's who I was just going to say for the Bucks <laughs> 10 years ago or whatever like this is a major aspect of a team and if you love a guy in the pre-draft process don't wait for him to fall through the cracks go get him because he might just turn an average team into a playoff team which I think if the Browns up going down that road this kid could play a huge role in it, it his money his nails his first NFL game and that kick from 58 yards would have been good from 70 yards. I honestly think that. I think that was a kick. The way at the, I wish it had the NBC SNF yeah. kicks thing. Do love that. It it hit more than halfway up the net. It was smoked, and every one of his kicks was just nails. So yeah. uh, hard eyes, hard eyes, marble eyes for <laughs> Cade York. Just I'm with you. Like the whole the whole rookie cooker thing. Like one of the best draft picks Bill Belichick's ever made was Steven Gostkowski as a fourth round pick to replace Vinatieri. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's, worth, it's worth the gamble because people are, especially people are so precious in our league with mid-round picks, like fourth round picks, fifth round picks. They're afraid to give one up. It's like, I need to, I'll trade this guy if I can get one more fourth rounder. And then half these guys are cut by their second training camp. When you have a, a, a Kate, I don't know, anything about Cade York in his college career at LSU. LSU star. He was going to be a, a baller in the <laughs> NFL. It was Justin obvious. This. Imagine if the Titans had Cade York instead of Randy Bullock. They'd be one to know. There you go. And right. Again. In the mustache that Cade York is sporting shows a lot of confidence. They, yes. Just because he's Trendy. a kicker. If he's a star, he's a star, and he's a star, and the Browns might have a star at place kicker after mm. years in the wilderness in that department. All right. Let's do a real quick one, and then we'll okay. uh, get okay. to TNF. All right. Uh, real quickie, quick. Quickie. Color me intrigued. The Bears holder was called for unsportsmanlike uh, for blotting the field with a towel. Yeah, that Color was me weak. intrigued. Uh, mm. I By the rule book? <laughs> don't understand it, and I think it's dumb. The penalty took the Bears out of field goal range instead of potentially putting three points in to cut the lead there. Uh, I don't know. I, so could he blotting. wipe the ball? You just can't 
Listen, yeah, you can't he, do it. He could have, I guess, like ball. done something with his hand. I mean, think about it. When there's snow on the Stupid. ground, you're brushing the snow out of the way, but you can't blot the field with a towel. Well, the Patriots famously brought out that snow course. plow. I think mm-hmm. yeah, won a game with uh, unfair in the snow. advantage, I guess. Um, and by the way, Bears fans, don't get too upset about that because the rain is the same reason you won in Week One. Mm. How about you, Greggy? Ooh, that's got to be sensitive. Where did you put them up to the power rankings? <laughs> I moved them up from 32 to 25. Because oh, well, then you cave to the to the sheeple. What do you, you mean? Know. That's a nice. That's a nice win. I'm just saying, if ever there was a win that was, uh, you can just throw that entire game out. That was it. Uh, well, so I, that was just like a weather. I game. threw him a little bit of a bone. Okay, but that's. Listen, I, I thought you might bury him. Keep him no. It's a Dan Hansis shout out. Thank you, Paul Rudd. He understands. Yeah. He, he deserves some. He had to leave some room for like the Jets and stuff on the back end. Well, Color me intrigued just quickly by by Juice by Jarvis Landry <laughs> as one of the best free agent signings in the nice. NFL. Another veteran that to me is just moving in a different way than he has in a few years where he's always been on the injury report with back injuries or knee injuries and all that. My God. Um, the sideline throw that Jameis Winston made to him was one of the mm. best throws of the week. Jameis had some absolute gems in that game, uh, but the way Landry's getting in out of his breaks and you know exactly where he's going to be and even making plays after the catch like he used to, that receiver group is so much better, so fast, and he, to me, could be uh, such a huge part of it. Yeah, same thing with uh, Julio Jones. As long as they mm-hmm. can keep him healthy, he's going to be a difference maker. They signed him for $3 million. That in, that's going to end up being one of the best move. free agent moves. Great move by the Saints. And I will throw out over in the NFC West, safety, Talanoa Hufanga. Ooh. Did you guys happen to see Hufanga in action? <laughs> I want to give the 49ers credit because I don't think they get enough. They are kind of a factory in pumping out defensive playmakers and guys that are ballers. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I know it's a little early to say this with, with uh, Hufanga, but he's a safety against the Bears. He was everywhere. And I'm not usually the type of football fan that clocks like a safety doing things, but he was everywhere. He was all around the ball. He had 11 tackles, nine were solo, two tackles for a loss, an interception. He, had the high, he was the highest-graded defender against the Bears, and that 49ers team has some really good defenders that were making plays in that game as well. So, you know, he's a second-year player, I believe, and if you add their ability to continue to create talent, that defense, which is an underrated defense also, by the way, they're going to be fine. They That was a stupid game uh, from the perspective of a 49ers fan because the way the weather worked out. But that defense, at the very least, will be fine. Maybe the offense will be a work in progress, but Hufanga. Talanoa? I call him Talanoa Hufanga. Scouting eye. Second-year player. That's what I'm saying. For him, for the old Zeuser to be like, whoa, the safety's making plays, Mm -hmm. that safety was making plays. You're absolutely right. D'Amico Ryans is one of the best coordinators, but Shanahan should get some credit, too, like – He's like Sean McVay in that I think he's good at hiring coaches. Like the entire defensive group there since he's been there has been amazing at coaching up those players. You're right. Um, All right. Let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we preview one of the best Thursday night games of the year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, and this TNF preview is presented by Prime Video, the new exclusive home for Thursday night football. And yes, Matt Moneysmith will be in Kansas City on Thursday night for the 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 p.m. Pacific kickoff between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Money, of course, is the official voice of the Chargers. We've got some breaking news related what? to this game ten, 10 seconds ago on Twitter here. Uh-oh. Who's it going to be? Is it J.C. Jackson related? Is it breaking news or developing news? I guess it's more developing news. Either way, uh, Brandon Staley says that Keenan Allen's hamstring is going to take some time Mm. to heal. Be smart about it. I like it. Obviously, you weren't playing on a short week after he strained it on Sunday. But the Chargers Chargers want bigger things than 8-9 this year. Get that guy right. He's so important. But I, I They're going to put J.C. Jackson through a jog through, by the way. That's and good. See from there. But that one's up more up in the air. I thought the big takeaway as we get into this game, which is a big test for the Chargers. I already feel like I know what the Chiefs are now. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are still badass. Mahomes is in line for a big year. That offense, as long as they stay healthy, are going to put up points. And they are the favorite in this division. The Chargers, to me, have a chance to make a huge statement, and I liked how a lot of the additions that we saw last week uh, over the offseason paid out big dividends. Like DeAndre Carter, who's like a who? What? Mm-hmm. what? He was making plays for them when Keenan Allen went out of the game. Gerald Everett, that dude can play. If you put him with a big-time quarterback, what happens? So I think their offense is going to still move the ball, Greg. Mike Williams didn't even do much last week, and they still were able to get that win against the Raiders. What do you think? Big? It does feel like a big game very early on for the Chargers. I, I, I feel like it's too early for this game. Uh, it worries yeah. me. I think they're going to be a, need to be a little more aggressive offensively. You know, their their offense kind of went into a shell in the second half against the Raiders. Raiders did a pretty good job defensively, ultimately, in that game. Uh, you need to have Herbert attack these young cornerbacks. I know that the Chiefs' secret sauce defensively is Steve Spagnolo just like finds any old late round pick. He's like, oh, if you're a first round pick, I, Trent McDuffie, I'm not even sure I like you enough. Give me my seventh round pick and my fifth round pick. I'm going to play them 30 snaps each at, at cornerback in week one. They played three different rookie cornerbacks over 15 snaps, two of them over 30. More developing news, Greg. Oh, okay. Oh. More developing what? news. This out of Kansas City. Rap Sheet reports <laughs> the Chiefs crazy. have placed first round pick cornerback Trent McDuffie on injured reserve oh, with a wow. hand string injury knocking him out this Thursday and three more games so that also informs why McDuffie 
was not playing. Yeah, That's interesting. He, he came out early, and they ended up using um, Jalen Watson, I believe is his name, and then Joshua Williams, who was in the mix Tom, Tom, in Paul the Call. preseason. Josh, <laughs> Jalen Watson was a seventh-round pick and, and the other one a mid-round pick. So you got to be able to take advantage of those matchups, especially with Mike Williams. I know they're not as deep, uh, the Chargers, as they would like at receiver without Keenan Allen, but let's see some Josh Palmer here. Mm. I, this game last year, Chiefs Chargers, the I think it was the final. It was the last TNF game that I did, and it was at SoFi Stadium. I was and there. It went into overtime, and it was one of the best games of the entire season. At that point, I was like, "How's anything going to top this game?" And then obviously the playoffs happened, and, and that, it got even crazier. And yes, that was here, so that's different than being an Arrowhead. But the right. Chargers should have won that game. The Chargers yeah. uh, got turned away, went for it multiple times on fourth down deep in their deep in uh, Chiefs territory and came up empty and you came out of the game after the overtime loss like damn like that that was their chance it really late was. in the season they, like they would have made the Kelsey playoffs just, they would have so won the division we already know. possibly yeah and and now you know they don't have honey badger there with Kansas City now i feel confident that the chargers are going to move the ball and score points it's just can they get enough stops here especially with what we saw Connie out of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs who were completely unconscious yeah. and doing whatever they wanted against the Cardinals. Well, Mahomes five touchdowns and the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert both spread the ball around with their offenses. They both targeted nine different players. They're not just keying in on one guy. Both of these offenses can move. Both of these quarterbacks are locked in already at the start of the season. Like this game is going to be insane. I'm so excited for it. I am too, and you just know it's not going to be as easy for Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm thinking back to that Thursday night game where at the end he caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a while, what Brandon Staley was trying to do was working. And, you know, he he's the you know progenitor, I would even say, of like the whoa, type whoa, of defenses. Shoot. Look Ooh. at the big brain on Brad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We get it. The, the type of defense is that, you know, everyone is running against Patrick Mahomes. The Cardinals did the exact opposite, decided to go like single high safety, blitz him a ton. It obviously didn't work. They'll right. have to work the ball down the field a lot more slowly against this Chargers defense, which, which as I said before, I'm, I'm excited about. But I think it's going to be harder because I really think this Chiefs offense is going to be able to run the ball efficiently. That's what really mm. caught my eye in that first game was they're using their tight end so well to block. They're playing in a lot of really heavy formations, throwing out of that, but also running really effectively out of that. So I talked about the Chargers run defense. That's, yeah. Let's see if that holds up for another week, because I, I think the Chiefs running attack is going to be legit. We got the over-under here in, in the desert set at 54 and a half. That's a high number, correct, right? Mm, it's pretty high. Uh, and you have the uh, Chiefs laying the wood. Four points here. Four. Yeah. So that is, uh, you know, I I even think with, you know, our lock competition, I, I usually don't mess with Thursday night football because Thursday night football is weird. And a division um, game like this. But I really like I mean, them. And Justin Herbert's I, playing for one of these two teams that I, you would I mean, lock against? Come on. Don't the Chiefs got 6-0 and o written all over them to start the season right now? I know you don't want to put too much into week one. I'm not going to do it, but that's where I'm leaning. I think the Chiefs keep rolling on offense, and they're the talk of the league after. Mm. Uh, no, I think Thursday this one's going to get crazy. I I think that the Chargers could surprise us. I will be picking the Chiefs in this game on uh, NFL.com game picks for sure. So it's I, the I'm safe not pick. I'm not pushing back too hard, but man, Justin Herbert has five throws every game that are just like, what the heck? Can you make it a little easier for him? I just, I do think sometimes it's like, why does it take so many <laughs> insanely good throws to put up 24 points? I think that's mm-hmm. the difference is I, oh, okay. I kind of trust the offensive coaching 
to me, matches Mahomes' brilliance, where I don't know if we're there uh, with the Chargers quite yet. Chris Jones, by the way, was just playing out of his mind in week one, and, and so that's something to watch, too, for the Chiefs. That is, that's a good point. I never thought of it, but that's true. Like, you don't see Justin <laughs> Herbert, like, slinging it to wide-open guys over the middle too often. It's usually turkey hole shots or, you know, from the opposite side of the field, 90-yard yard bombs. It's just like... He had five throws last week that were crazy, and then right. it's like, oh, you had 24 points. And it's like, okay. Look at, like, the Monday night game yesterday, and that was a game that the... Broncos scored 16 points, but so many times Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, you know, they were finding pockets in the zone. Uh, Gino, one of his touchdowns, the guy was all by himself. Really, both. Um, you oh, get that, that second throw was yeah, a beautiful well, read and over the right shoulder. And just to be clear, still has that boy a little credit. Uh, I'm talking about the first half, not the yeah. second half where he had four completions you, for 47 I, yards and they didn't score a point and basically let comes the back opposing to team win the game, but the opposing team literally like dropped a dump in its pants and blew it. Let him have his moment. I tried. <laughs> I couldn't. No, he, I couldn't. You t- came in here with like a debate stump speech. <laughs> this little 44 yards thing. He's like, I don't care. Like no matter what they talk about, I'm going to pivot to this topic no matter what. In fairness, it was not 44. 44 yards. It was 47 wow. yards he threw for in the second half. But you know what? They wrote him off. Wow. And he didn't write back. The same distance, <laughs> Randy Bullock's missed field goal. Oh. oh. You know who? Um, Justin, you know we Graded met- higher than Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert by PFF in week one, by the way. Who's that? Geno Smith. Higher oh. than every quarterback in the league. Except for Josh Allen. Number two. I had a, hmm. um, the, the, you know. Speaking of stupid stats, twisted for your own liking. I had a. Wa- I mean, it's not twisted. That's just. I the had stat. A, uh, a Washington Commanders uh, fan tweet me, getting mad at me and saying, "Oh, you're you're a total piece of garbage." Carson Wentz, he was uh, the number five quarterback in football. How are they not a top ten team after they beat the Jaguars in Week One? Like what, bro? Wow. What? Wow. What? Maybe it was by yardage or something. What? What? <laughs> what? What? This is my what? favorite. What? <laughs> Um, congratulations, though, Greg. You did it. That was TNF Preview presented by Prime Video. The new era of Thursday Night Football is officially here, and it's only on Prime Video. You've got a long and, season ahead now. And now I was going to say. Now the, the bar is raised here. That, I am not concerned that this is going to be a season-long problem, but until the next game happens, we have no choice but to believe it as a possibility as your moment. And I would, I just, I'm asking you, please, Greg, um, He's begging you. If, He's, he has if, his hands in a prayer. If and <laughs> when Greg, uh, Mark returns to our show, um, let's just make sure we get some of this conversation into our next show, too, because I want him to have some of it. I know he, he missed a lot of it today. Okay. You want him to share this, yes. this pain uh, Greg, write feeling. it down in your little black book here. Here we go. I don't think that I, the old Zeuser, should be the only one that had to deal with the, the Gino episode today. Well, it's over now. So the, the Gino season. <laughs> Congrats. I mean, it could go incredibly south, and you guys will enjoy that. No, but it that will, will. That will not take away the joy of all that happening. All of this. It happening. will go. When I wrote south. "Making the Leap" back in 2014, <laughs> it was just it was just on pause for the next. Eight Dan, years you can go home to your Gino Smith voodoo doll and like <laughs> it. That's, get all this aggression. I'm telling out. you, it will go south. But I will say this: there's nothing that I or anyone else. That's not rooting for Geno Smith can do about what happened yesterday. Oh, yeah. well, that happened, 
And the rest of us just have to wear it and move on. Right. I mean, because, look, he, he played two seasons, in the first two seasons of his career for the freaking we're still New York doing, Jets. Are we still talking about Geno Smith? just going to cement his go. career just, for the rest I'm of just like, just like the Seahawks. That's it. Hey, look, if you struggle with the Jets for two years, there's no way you could ever get better after that. Just like the Seahawks <laughs> had to move on drive after drive in the second half on Monday night. Three drives. <laughs> three drives. succession it's of three and outs. inaccuracy. Uh, three, three we, drives. too, must One, move on. three and out. We I'm must with Greg. move on. <laughs> All right. Again, Power Rankings podcast. It's in the ATN feed, so don't be alarmed uh, when it lands there. Uh, check it out. You know, I thought Connie had an especially strong episode. This- I think I'm more of a second half player. so She you know, comes you on can- really strong in up too. Um, so subscribe to that. Leave five stars. Leave a comment. Uh, we might even Tell read your a friends. comment. Tell your friends. Uh, Greggy, you got any plugs? No, I'm good. He I mean, should I be good. Like- I mean, what what a uh, 48 hours for Rosenthal. I know. What else could the man want? I mean, I am headed to go tape uh, the Jessel, Nick, and Rosenthal vanity project if, if you want me to throw well, out a plug. Excellent. We'll we didn't need that. Later. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> We're yes. going to have to cut that out of the show. <laughs> it's a great pod. A lot of Check fun. out that show as well. But not if you have to choose. No, not if right. you have to choose. The Power yeah, Rings podcast. This. But Obviously. choose that too. If you want to listen to three podcasts, mm-hmm. JRVP. Yeah, or just like subscribe to Power Rankings. Oh, that too. Till Thursday, heed the call. (laughs) I always return. Wait, can you? I want Greg I'll to be hear interrupted. that. Can you put this Wait, on the That's what you're laughing at. I yeah. always return. I, didn't. I always return. <laughs> <laughs>37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.